and welcome to the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your main man, the host of this show, DS Walk. And man, today, you know, every time I come on the show, I always say today's a lovely day, it's a beautiful day, man. I love today. Today ain't one of them days, okay? It is not. It's been so much going on in the association. It just, mmm. It's just one of those damn days. I don't know where to start. Actually, I do. Let me start with the breaking news of this morning. Doc Rivers was fired by the 76ers because he didn't get them past the second round for the third straight year. I get it. And I, I quite honestly, as a guy looking from the outside, I'm not even really that, that I'm really not that mad about it just because Doc Rivers has a track record of not getting into the conference finals in a very, very long time. I think the last time he tasted success was when he won the NBA championship in Boston some years ago. Listen, you know, I feel bad for Doc. I really do. And the reason I feel bad for him because his players – let him down. Mainly his two best players, Joe Embiid and James Harden. The way they play in game seven against Boston is unexcusable. They cost that man his job. You can't tell me any different. You can't say any different. You can't make an excuse the way the Philadelphia 76ers played against the Boston Celtics in game seven, let alone the way they gave the game away in game six because your two best players decided to go cold. And not only that, you didn't give the reigning MVP the ball the last four minutes of the game. Now, I blame that on coaching, and I blame them on the players on the court. But game seven, the team quit. You can't tell me any different. They quit. They quit on their coach. They got blown out. And it cost him his job. Stephen A. Smith called it. He called it when he said the way they played, they got Doc Rivers fired. And Doc went into that press conference confident that he will be back next season coaching his team. Well, I guess the front office thought otherwise. Now, you heard the reports that they were going back and forth the last 48 hours. They were torn the last 40 hours were to keep Doc or to fire Doc. My thing is, if you're going to fire Doc Rivers, you better have a good replacement on hand because Joe B prime is ticking. J- James Harden is out of his prime. He's 34 years old. He is who he is now. He lost a step. He's not the same player as he was four or five years ago. That James Harden is gone because of the NBA change of the rules and who he is now. He is not worth the $30, $40 million player that he thinks he is. He's not that same player anymore. And you heard the rumors that he wants to go back or he might go back to Houston and be part of that organization again. It might happen, it might not, because now Doc is fired. That might change things for James Harden. And the latest rumor going around is that they are thinking about hiring 
or bringing in for an interview Mike D'Antoni, who I feel do not deserve. He do not need to be coaching Philadelphia 76ers. He do not need to be coaching Joe Embiid. We talking about Mike don't play defense Antonio. Ain't don't love no defense. Ain't got no defense. Ain't going to love defense at Mike Nanton. No way. He should not be considered for the head coaching job for the Philadelphia 76ers. If he gets that job, then we know why he got that job. Because James Harden got Doc Rivers fired. And not only that, Daryl Morley, who is president of basketball operations, did not hire Doc Rivers. Wasn't his coach. Doc River was a leftover from the last regime. Darren Morley, this was easy for him. Doc Rivers wasn't, wasn't his guy. Get rid of him. Now, I hope he doesn't bring in Mike D'Antoni. I'm just saying, if you got championship ambition, this is not the guy you want to bring in. You want to bring in a guy who won championship. You want to bring in a guy who is loved in this locker room. You want to bring in a guy who got a chip. You got Nick Nurse out there who was fired by Toronto Raptors. You got Coach Bud who was former NBA champion as well. He got fired by the Milwaukee Bucks. And you got Monty Williams who was let go by the Phoenix Suns because the owner there didn't like him. Didn't mesh with him. And not only that, DeAndre Ain, the way he played, got him fired. And on those lines, DeAndre Ain going probably end up being traded out of Phoenix because he suck. He's lazy. He's terrible. It's one man's opinion from watching the games he played. There's a lot of NBA head, championship head coaches out here who need jobs. And if I'm Philadelphia, minus Doc Rivers, because you just let him go. You got Monty Williams, Coach Bud, Nick Nurse out here. You want to go a little deeper? Frank Vogel out here. So they got choices. Make the right choice because it's not about alienating James Harden because to me he's an afterthought. You don't want to alienate Joe Embiid. Because he is due for a super max down the road. And if you're going to bring in the right coach, and if you're going to put the right pieces around him, he is going to dip. Let me say that again, Philadelphia. There are more leagues. If you don't put the right pieces in place, he will leave. Guaranteed. He will leave. The Phoenix Suns fired Monty Williams. Now, I would be lying if I said I wasn't bothered by that. He was the fall guy for what happened in game six. We talking about a guy who is not only loved in the NBA, but is loved in that locker room, except by DeAndre Ayton, who just can't get right. And, I, I, you know, Liz, I get Monty Williams a lot of credit in the world for trying to 
come to some understanding in that relationship. It they they just it just didn't work. But not only that, you know, when I look at the Phoenix Suns, the year they went to the NBA Finals, then the following year they went to the conference semis. And then this year they got to the second round and they lost. And what's the common denominator in all of that is that Chris Paul, who is also on the trade block who is also Phoenix is trying to get rid of because they want to go young at the point guard position. He was hurt. And just like in this series, he was hurt. Chris Paul is the common denominator in all of this because if Chris Paul was healthy, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation about Monty Williams' job status or his job situation. We know the new owner in, in Phoenix wants to make a splash. He wants to bring in his own people in, and he wants to run this his way. He wants to do what's best, and I know that Isaiah Thomas has been by his side. I think this was a bad move. This is a bad move because if you look at the situation, if you look at the injury to Chris Paul, if you look at the fact that when you trade Kevin Durant, you basically killed your death on your team and you had to go six, seven deep. You couldn't go eight, nine deep. You weren't a deep team anymore. This was bound to happen. I mean, if, if you want to criticize Monte Williams for anything on this year's team, especially in the playoffs, yes, he should have played Terrence Ross more. Um, yes, uh, he should have benched Aiton and play Lindell because Aiden wasn't giving him no effort, but because their relationship was rocky and because that he wanted to make DeAndre happy and give him every opportunity to come out of the funk that he's in, he played him. Now, he did bench him and uh, for the fourth quarter. I forgot what game it was, and Lindell stepped up and ball. That's not on Monty Williams. That's on the player. Devil Booker loves Monty Williams. Kevin Durant really didn't get him a, an endorsement, a, a positive endorsement, or a ringing endorsement. And just like I said about the Philadelphia 76ers, the way they played in game six, they, the fourth quarter game six and game seven, you can make a case that the Phoenix Suns quit on Monty Williams in game six where it's getting their asses blown out and getting their asses handed to them, where you're the best player in the world forgot to show up. That's where we at right now. And he got the nerve to sit there. I'm not saying that, you know, Kevin Durant is his fault, but damn, bro, look out for a brother. Give him some type of ringing endorsement. I mean, he had to rework his playbook for you, he had to change his offense for you to fit you in. I mean, I mean, this season with the Phoenix Suns, with with a trade for KD, he played in nine games, or I think it was less than that because he was hurt. Chris Paul hurt in the postseason. DeAndre Ayton don't want to play. Devin Booker out here balling out his mind. What do you want Monty Williams to do? The man was stuck between a rock and a hard spot. What do you want him to do? 
Matt Ishmael, what do you want him to do? Now, I get it that you didn't, you weren't a big fan of his when you met him. I get it. And usually when you're not a big fan of somebody, you get rid of him. I understand. But the man had control of the locker room. So if you fire Monty Williams, you have to bring in a championship coach in who's going to garner that same respect that Monty did in the locker room, minus DeAndre Aiden, who didn't like him. You just can't bring in anybody. And I'm going to go ahead and nip this in the bud right now. It won't be Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is not leaving Michigan State. Because we all know Matt Ishbun is be a former player at Michigan State. He was coached by Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is not going to the Phoenix Suns. I don't give a damn if, if, if Booker, Durant, Kyrie, um, LeBron, James, I don't care who is on that squad. He is not leaving Michigan State. So let's just go ahead and end that right now. The Milwaukee Bucks. Now, this one was kind of odd because you fire your head coach while he was dealing, grieving of the death of his brother, and you fire him because you was the one C and you lost to a Miami team that you should have beaten, and Bud didn't help himself by not letting Giannis guard Jimmy Butler and the offensive sets that you ran and the defensive sets that you ran, and it all just didn't work. Again, the man was grieving to the death of his brother, and that's how you know he's out of a job. That bothers me more than anything. Because, I, I listen, we all know that Coach Bud was on shaky grounds. If he did win that championship, he would have got fired. He bought himself some time. But the man lost his brother. I mean, it, his he wasn't even there. He was there in body. But I could tell you right now, he wasn't there in spirit. His mind was on the game. His mind was on his family because he lost his brother. He was grieving the death of his brother. He couldn't. He should never coach that playoff games. He shouldn't. He wasn't there. And we've seen that by the defense the Milwaukee Bucks play and the offense they played in the, in the elimination game. We've seen that. But that's not all on Bud. Bud ain't the one who went out there and coughed up a 21-point lead. That was on those players. And not only that, for two and a half games, you play without your play, you play without the best player in basketball. But he was out with an injury because he fell on his back pretty hard. And he was down. He he was, I mean, it. Damn, that's all I can say is damn, man, because a lot of these coaches don't deserve to get fired. I feel like we are in a time where NBA head coaches are getting fired because they're not living up to expectations as far as getting that chip. Now, if Giannis will never got hurt, we can be seeing the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. If Joe NB and James Harden and the crew would have showed up in the fourth quarter of game six. They could have been the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, if the Phoenix Suns didn't quit 
on their head coach, they could be playing in the Western Conference Finals. It's a lot of element in all these situations that I kind of think is just being overlooked. Key players hurt. Players quitting. Head coaches losing their job. You can't play. You can't place all the blame on the coaches. Some of those damn players need some to blame. They need half of the blame. Like Dame said, man, there are championship head coaches out here who don't have a job. And just like these players, these these general managers, general managers and team presidents, owners, they are ring chasing. They want to ring at all costs. And sometimes you have to look at your squad. You got to be honest with yourself. Is this team capable of winning the championship? Fearing the Suns? No, because they have because they got rid of their depth. Their depth. The Philadelphia 76 and the Milwaukee Bucks definitely a yes. The Toronto Raptors won't go anywhere. The Toronto Raptors are more likely going to be on a rebuild, and I'm quite sure Nick Nurse now won't be part of that, but also he alienated that locker room. And the quietest kept, the Toronto Raptors on the verge of losing their team president of basketball operation. Rumor has it he might be heading to the Washington Wizards. There's just so much going on in the NBA. I mean, I ain't even touched on dumbass John Morant, but I will. And I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for coming dumbass because he is. We will get to him. But the other thing that went down was the NBA draft lottery. And the reason why that got me saying damn so many times, because believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a Piston fan. And Piston fans right now, are sitting there looking in the mirror, saying the F word, the MF word, the D word, the A word, the SB word, the NBA is rigged. I hate the draft lottery. This is some bull. You name, you put, name any cuss word, the Detroit Pistons fans are saying that in combinations as of right now because the draft lottery didn't go the Pistons way. And, and, and I am a little upset, but I'm not the doom and gloom like everybody else is. So the draft lottery happened. The San Antonio Spurs, who has a history of winning the number one pick of the NBA draft, and every time they do, they always select a big. We go back to 1987 with David Robinson with their first pick. A seven foot tall center. Then we go 10 years later, 1997 with Tim Duncan, Power Force last center out of Wake Forest, David Robinson out of Navy. And this year, the San Antonio Spurs won the NBA draft and with the right to draft Victor. When Benyama, seven foot five Frenchman, 
seven foot five, who shoots like KD, plays like LeBron, and to according to Wojnowski, he is probably the best prospect to ever, ever declare and will play in the NBA. He is, out of two players in this draft, a generational talent. And Piston fans wanted this young man so bad to go with Kay and, and Jaden Ivey, and they lost the lottery, even though they tanked and they only had a 14% chance of landing the first pick. What pick did they get, DS? Not one, not two. Not three and four. They land with the fifth pick. The fifth pick. A team who tanked. Who designed their tank. Be, gets the fifth pick. For the fifth straight year. The team with the worst record in the NBA. Has not drafted Number one overall for five straight years. That tells you something that I already know. Stop tanking. Win games. The Detroit Pistons need to start winning games. Damn the tank. Keep the draft pick. Draft a piece to the team. Draft a player who can contribute to the team. If it was another piece, go out in free agency, do what you can. But before you do all that, hire Monty Williams to be your next head coach because what is he known for? Working with guards and making them better. If you don't believe me, look at Chris Paul, who credited Monty Williams making a better player when he's playing with the Northern Hornets at that time, and Devin Booker, who's lethal who is a lethal scorer and who has gained sort of like Devin Booker, who likes to shoot the mid-range jump shot, who likes going to the hole and likes to shoot the three-point shot, Kay Cunningham. I'm just saying. But to the Piston fans who are sitting there with their hearts broken, who put their fist to the TV, who's cussing at the TV, the, the, they got me stumbling. The NBA jab, the, the NBA lottery is not rigged. All right, we knew this was going to happen. We knew this percentage chance this was going to happen. We just going to have to deal with it. We got the fifth pick. The fifth pick, you're going to get a good prospect. It's not Victor. It won't be Scoot Henderson. But he's going to be a nice, decent prospect. You keep that pick, develop that guy. He can be a piece to a team that's trying to come out of whatever situation they're in. I don't know if they're on a rebuild or retool. All I know is it's a dumpster fire down there at the LCA. You basically got a minor league basketball team playing against pros. Damn it, I'm tired of it. Gotta see some life there, buddy. Come on, Troy. Come on, Troy. 
get Monty Williams and bring some life to that team because you're killing me. Between you, Gores, Arntelium, y'all killing me. Y'all destroying the franchise that I love. Y'all destroying a franchise who won three NBA championships, who's in an elite club. Elite club of franchises who have multiple championships. Excuse me there. You guys are disrespecting the team that I love and grew up on with all this damn tanking, just like the Oklahoma City Thunder did. Y'all killing me. Especially now when the reports came out that whoever's the next head coach of Detroit Pistons wins for next season won't be important. I got Anyhow, a lot of teams lost out on Victor. So congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs on winning the NBA draft lottery. And the the list, or I should say, the seeding for this draft lottery will go as follows. One through 14. The San Antonio Spurs won. The Charlotte Hornets two. The Portland Trailblazers three, who moved up. The Houston Rockets, who dropped to number four. Detroit Pistons five. The Orlando Magic six. And the Indiana Pacers number seven. I'm not going to give you the rest. I am going to give you the rest. I didn't see the back page. The Washington Wizards eight. Utah Jazz 9, the Dallas Mavericks 10, and because of that, they get to keep their first-round pick. If they wasn't, if that pick was not in the top 10, it would go to the New York Knicks. The Orlando Magics were drafted again at number 11, OKC Thunder 12, Toronto Raptors 13, and rounded out the top 14, the New Orleans Pelicans were drafted at number 14. Yep, that's the top 14, and I'm telling you guys, it will be all right if you're a Piston fan. It will be all right. It will be all right. You, you just going to have to just gonna have to draft right and sign the right free agents. And, and actually, that's for all these teams. That's for all these teams because we can't continue. You can't continue to depend on free agency because just like the draft every year, there's not going to be a good free agent out there. They're just not as some, some years going to be worse than others. You have to draft, right? You have to draft smart and you have to develop your players. I don't care who you are. I don't care who it is. You have to do that because, I mean, what's the one thing that we always say about teams, win or losing? They don't do a good job of developing their players. They always want to trade their homegrown talent. 
this is an opportunity because this year free agent class is really not that good unless you want James Harden good luck or Kyle Kuzma good luck Free class, it, it's, it's no LeBron James, no AD. There's uh, unless Clay Thompson, Draymond Green opts out of their contract. This free agent class is is decent, it's nice, but it's not star power heavy. And, and that's what we look for. This is the year where if you have to draft right. And you got to hit the money on these draft picks. In this draft, it might not be as strong as next year's draft or last year's draft. But there are a lot of good players. Brandon Miller, the Thompson Twins, Jerace Walker, uh, Cam Whitmore. There are a lot of good players in this draft that could be a cornerstone piece or a piece of the puzzle. And they're going to be a lot of good second-round picks. I mean, the reigning MVP, two-time reigning MVP, Jokic, was drafted in the second round, pick 41, by the Denver Nuggets. And he sat for two years behind Nurkic before it was time to take over because he come off the bench. He was outplaying Jokic. Nurkic, excuse me. So there's a lot of talent in this draft. You just have to develop it, and hopefully you hit a home run. So we're going to take a break. Then we'll come back, and we're going to get to John Morant. This is the Dell Drill Podcast, hosted by DS Walk. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Dove Joe Podcast. I'm your host, D.S. Wall. So now let's get to the main topic of today's show. And, you know, damn you, John Morant. Damn you. And first of all, I've been doing a lot of cussing on this show. And especially during this episode. And I try not to. But, man, when you got stupidity, when you got people out here doing dumb stuff it i can't help it i cannot help it so if you don't know if you've been busy with mother's day or just been busy in general everybody's favorite fake gangster john morant was at it again this time this clown was on his own instagram page again hanging with his boy again Listen to whoever. It could be NBA young boy. I don't know who he I don't know who you listen to. But they're just riding in a car, having a good time, rapping, you know, doing what they do. And this clown pulls a gun out and he puts it to his head. Why? I mean, <sighs> John Morant got to be one of the most dumbass players I ever, ever, ever seen. This guy is willing to jeopardize his career by playing with a gun, and a gun is nothing to play with. This guy stays strapped for what reason? If your life is in danger, 
There are people called bodyguards. Hire them. You know, I'm not going to sit here on my show and tell this grown-ass man to stop playing with guns because that's just a waste of breath. But you know what? I, I, I am not surprised. You know why I'm not surprised? Because this guy said everything that he needed to say to get back and playing the game of basketball. He knew he wasn't sorry. He didn't care. He wanted to be himself. He, no, excuse me. He didn't want to be himself. He wanted to be something different. He didn't love, he don't like being himself. Why? Because the real John, John Morant is a sucker. The real John Morant is a punk. And I said that. And I said these things because I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in his action. I'm disappointed in the fact that this man is willing to lose over a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Because he liked playing with guns. Not millions. Billions. You got to think about the future. He has a $230 million super max contract that's kicking in. He has a $200 million endorsement with Nike and other endorsements. And you got to look to the future because after... After he played four years of that contract, the money goes up. the The price, excuse me, the con- his next contract with Nike is gonna go up. All of his endorsement is gonna go up, but you know what? He is jeopardizing that because this young man, who's an idiot, wants to play with guns. Wants to play with guns. He already been suspended by the league for showing a gun at a Denver nightclub. Beating up and fighting with a 17-year-old boy. Bringing a gun to the mall to, to check a security guard. Who the hell do? Never mind. John Morant this young man, he is not a street. He's not street. He's not a thug. He's not hardcore. That's not who he is. He's not from the streets. The man is from the suburbs. The man is from South Carolina in the suburban city in South Carolina. This man grew up in a nice house with his mom and dad. He is not hard. He's not tough. This guy is hanging around with thugs, gangsters, gang, gang members in Memphis. Why, I do not know. He is a millionaire. He don't need to be hanging in the streets. Because of him, his team got bounced by the Lakers in the first round. But yeah, he won't come out here and play tough. He want to talk tough. He want to act tough. Oh, I got a gun. I'm going to play with that too. I get tired of seeing young black men, young men in general, piss away everything they work for for something very, very stupid. 
And you know, you have people come out here, you shouldn't take it personal. Why? Why shouldn't I? I should take it personal. I should take it personal because I would do anything to switch places with John Morant. To have the gift that he has, to have the money that he has, have the potential that he has. This young man is very smart, very intelligent. Somehow, some way, I don't know where he lost it. He's not using his mind. This is the same young man who bought a damn near castle and a big-ass house for his parents next door. This is the same brash young man who said, and I quote, I'm not worried about the West. I'm happy. Fuck out of here. A lot of blame needs to go around with this because this is ridiculous, man. How many times do myself, Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, any sports talk show, how many times they got to come out here and cuss out John Morant? Shannon Sharp almost beat his ass at the Laker game. Shannon Sharp almost beat the hell out of the whole damn team that night. I'm so sick and tired of seeing young people who get all this money piss it away. But then when they get in trouble, oh, I'm stressed. You know, I got a lot of issues going on in my life. Yeah. It's called you can't get out your damn way. It's called you can't put the goddamn gun down. This young man is pissing his future away. And nobody in his inner circle is doing anything about it. Where's his father? Where's his mother? Where are the people that who allegedly cares about this young man? Why y'all not checking him? Why y'all not putting this place? Why? Because y'all afraid he's going to cut you off? So what? It's not about the money. It's about the young man's future. It's about his life. It's about that this young man is pissing off game members, thugs, anybody else in the street. Because he's faking and he's being something he is not. And you got these same guys who are telling him, yo, chill. You're not tough. We would love to be where you are right now. We would love to have the opportunity that you have right now. This is crazy, man. I'm tired of seeing this type of I'm tired of seeing this stupid stuff. I'm tired of seeing young people always blame. You know what? Let me say it like this. There's no damn way you can be influenced by music. It's just words and song. If you let that influence you, quit. Don't play the game of ball. Because it seems to me being a pretender is more important than living your reality. Living a fantasy world of being a hardcore gangster. 
is more important to this man than living his reality of being an NBA superstar, the best player on your on the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the best 25 under players in the league, who by the time the age of before the age of 30 will be a billionaire. That's not important. He got a father who doesn't want to be his father, won't be one of his boys, and who don't want to set his own son straight. You got his friends are being his yes man and doing the exact same dumb shit that he's doing, but refuse to tell him he shouldn't be doing it, he shouldn't be in the streets. He should be on vacation right now. He should be somewhere nice, overseas, on vacation, or somewhere working on your game. Not riding a car, playing with a gun. How many times have we got to continue to see this? If I'm tired of seeing it, then I know Adam Silver tired of it. In fact, the commissioner before the draft lottery He was interviewed, and he said this, and I quote, he described as being shocked when he saw a social media video of John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies holding a firearm less than two months after they met to discuss a similar incident that resulted in an eight-game suspension. I could promise you, there's going to be a lengthy suspension, and he should be banned for the entire season. You got to set an example. Because evidently, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are also blaming this, because instead of him serving the full eight games, he's only served two. He went to rehab three or four days. They brought him back for the playoff push. And wish they should have sat him down for the rest of the remainder of the season. So the Memphis Grizzlies do not go without blame here. They enabled this situation. They should have nipped this in the bud a long time ago. They decided to keep their mouth shut and sit on their hands and do absolutely nothing until it was necessary. Or in my case, until we all found out about it. The Grizzlies suspended John Morant from all offseason team activities, pending the league offers review of the video that surfaced over the weekend. And Adam said, we're continuing. He said, and I quote again, honestly, I was shocked when I saw this weekend that video, Silver told ESPN Malika Andrews from the, uh, from the draft lottery in Chicago. Now we're in the process of investigating and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best we can. The video is a bit grainy and all that, but I'm assuming the worst. Morant, who was previously suspended in March after he'd been seen during an Instagram live session holding a handgun while intoxicated at a Denver area club when the Grizzlies were in town to play the Nuggets. John Morant, who I stated early in this, my little rant, enrolled in a Florida council facility to learn how to manage stress better. 
he later said, before traveling to New York City to meet with Adam Silver at the commission office 11 days after the event, after the incident, which, as we now know, he lied to the commissioner. Silver elected to suspend Moran for eight games without pay due to conduct to the league, a punch that included assist games that point the point got already missed, and issued a stern statement called Moran conduct irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. We talked directly about the consequences first, Silver said to ESPN, before we got to subsequent potential to have done something wrong we were very focused on the misconduct that was in front of us at the time frankly most of our conversation was about how incredibly serious the first incident was of waving a firearm on social media again the consequences there eight game suspension and pretty serious is something that he at least told me what i mean me that's adam silver seemed to take incredibly serious in that time. And we spoke for a long time about not just consequences that could have on his career, but the safety issues around it. Could have injured himself, someone else with an act like that, and also the announcement that he is a star. He has an incredibly huge following, and we discussed my concern, and I thought he shared with me that millions if not tens of millions of kids globally who have seen him do something that was celebrated in a way that acting of using a firearm in that fashion. So I at least was left with a sense that he was taking this incredibly serious. And he goes on to say, the Instagram live video that emerged over the weekend came from an account of Morant's best friend, Devontae Pack who has been involved in several of Morant's off-court incidents that merit investigation from the league office. Pack was banned from attending Grizzly home games for a year following an investigation into a post-game confrontation with the Indiana Pacers traveling party on January 29th when a red laser was alleged to have been pointed out out of an SUV in which Morant was traveling. NBA security and league investigators conducted an investigation, interviewing numerous eyewitnesses, and reviewing the video surveillance following allegations made by Indiana Pacers organization. Regarding a post-game incident on January 29th, NBA spokesman Mike Bass said in a statement following the incident, while we sustained that a post-game situation arose that was confrontational, based on interviews and other evidence gathered, we could not collaborate that any individual threatened others with a weapon. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, I don't know who's going to listen to this show. And I hope everybody, I hope a lot of people listen to this show. And I know it's going to be some of you guys who really don't care what John Morant does during his off time off the basketball court. And when I mean some of y'all, I mean average basketball fans or Grizzly fans. But some of us do care. And the reason why, because this young man is special. This young man has God-given talent. And we all do not want to see him throw it away. But more importantly, we 
all don't want to see this young man hurt himself or make a mistake and pull that trigger and blow his head off. We don't want to see that. Guns are something you don't play with. Guns ain't something you mess around with. Guns hurt people. A gun will kill you. And the way he use it, he going to hurt himself or he going to hurt somebody. You don't play with stuff like that. You don't mess or play around with life. You just don't do it. This young man went to New York City and talked to the NBA commissioner in which I felt it was a waste of time because he is exactly doing the same thing that he said, that he learned his lesson, that he won't do it again. And what did he do? What did he do? Doing the same damn thing. John Morant is a role model to tens of millions of kids around this globe. But he's a role model to one special kid, to one special kid, to his daughter, who he has taught and raised right about giving back to the community. He is a father, a role model. You cannot leave your daughter. You cannot do that. You cannot be teaching the right thing one time, one day, and then the next day you're doing something that's way stupid. I get it. Nobody ain't perfect. Not a parent, not an NBA player. Nobody is. But you have a responsibility as a role model to carry yourself a certain way where you know that people are watching you at all times. You represent the NBA. Do you know that they have people watching, man? In the day age of social media, the NBA don't have to watch because guys like you is going to share that video. And then when you realize you made a mistake and you delete it, it's too late. Why? Because millions of people seen it and they're going to repost it. And you're making the job easy for the NBA. You know, you hear former players like Jelly Rose say, man, I'm so glad that the mistakes I made was not during the social media era because I, he would have been suspended big time for all the things that he done. And he is right. But John Morant is part of the era of social media where when you post something, people are watching because you're John Morant, not D.S. Walker. You are John Morant. You are a basketball player, a superstar. Everything you post on IG, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media site that you have, People are going to watch. You do not need to be in these streets. You do not need to be playing with a gun. You do not need to try to be a gangster, man. Just be who you are. Be John Moran. Be the good dude who's raising his daughter the right way. Be the team leader of the Memphis Grizzlies. 
be a representation of the NBA. Because once LeBron James retired, there's going to be many faces of the league, and you are going to be one of them. The Memphis Grizzlies depend on you to lead this team to a championship. And they won't get there if you are here being a damn knucklehead. I expect a lengthy suspension. I hear 2025 games. I hear he's going to be suspended for the first half of the season. He needs to be suspended for the entire season. They need to set an example. Not only just to let him know he can't do this. No, they need to do it to save his life. John Morant, at this point in time, is like he needs to miss basketball. He needs to go back to basic. He needs to go away from this game. To be honest with you, me personally, there is nothing wrong with him mentally from what I see. He's just a dumbass who likes to play with guns. I know that everybody who's seen the video knows that. The Memphis Grizzlies know that, and the NBA knows that. So while there are some people out here praying for John Morant, John Morant needs tough love because every day he's not going to get it from his father. He's not going to get it from his mother. The two people who raised this young man are the two people that need to step up to the plate and check him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So all we got to do is now we got to play this wait and see game and see what happens. And like I said, you know where I come from. He need to be gone for a year. Anything less than that, it's not cool. It is not cool. Anything less than a full year. All right. So with that said, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Glad I got that off. Glad I can now think positive. But before I sign off, this is still May and it's still Mental Health Awareness Month. So please, wherever you do, take care of yourself. Take care of your mental. Because if you don't, you're no good to the people you love. And more importantly, you're no good to yourself. So please, take care of yourself. It's still... Mental Health Awareness Month. And please, if you got some money in your pocketbook, in the couches, underneath the mattress, pillowcase, in your shoe, sock, sock drawer, wherever you have your stash, please make a donation to any mental health organization. Every donation is needed and wanted. This has been the Double Drill Podcast. I've been your main man, D.S. Walk, and I will holler at y'all later. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Peace.